Today we continue our sermon series, Timely Answers to Tough Questions. Timely Answers to Tough Questions. Friends, I will tell you, I believe every installment, every sermon has been right on time. And I'll tell you, I believe that for a reason. I believe God is preparing us to have the truth. He is preparing us to stand on the truth. And he's preparing us to share that truth. And I believe that. I believe that's the point to this sermon series. I believe that's the point to the timing of these messages. In these crazy days in which we're living, in these last days, God is preparing us as his church to have the truth. He's preparing us to be ready to stand on that truth. And then in these dark days to share that truth because, are you listening to me? There is no more time for business as usual. You understand that? There's no more room for business as usual. Look around today, Satan is in full attack mode and time is growing short until Jesus comes again. And listen to me, church, there is no more room for business as usual. Today our question is, is science at odds with the Bible? Today that is a question of great implication. You may hear that and say, well, I don't know what that means to me. Listen, that is a question of great implication. Is science at odds with the Bible? Dr. Stephen Hawking, considered one of the most brilliant minds of our time, here's what he says. He says, There is no God. No one directs the universe. He says spontaneous creation is the reason there is something rather than nothing. It is why the universe exists, why we exist. Spontaneous creation. He says there is no heaven and no afterlife. That is a fairy tale for people afraid of the dark. Dr. Richard Dawkins, an evolutionary biologist, he has written a book called The God Delusion. He says gods are fragile things. They may be killed by a whiff of science or a dose of common sense. Charles Darwin, considered the father of evolution, he wrote in a letter, I am sorry to have to inform you that I do not believe in the Bible as divine revelation and therefore not in Jesus as the Son of God. He later said, Christianity is not supported by the evidence. Now, there are many quotes, many different quotes we could have looked like, but it looked at, but it seems like some of the greatest minds, for sure some of the greatest minds of our day, some of the greatest thinkers have no problem in denouncing Christianity. And so the question today is this, is it illogical, is it unreasonable, is it ignorant to believe the words of our Bible? And that's the question, is it unreasonable, is it illogical, is is it ridiculous, is it ignorant to believe the words of our Bible? Is science at odds with our Bible? I'm going to ask if you'll stand with me for a word of prayer as we begin this morning.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come today. We are thankful. We are thankful that we have an anchor today in Jesus. We're thankful we have a hope today in Jesus. We're thankful we have the forgiveness of our sin, that we have eternal life, that we have a future. We're thankful that though we are sinners, though we have rebelled against you, that you're gracious to us, kind to us in our Savior, Jesus. Lord, I pray in this sermon series, the messages that have been preached, this message today, the ones that are to come, I pray that we would be hearing your truth. And I pray that we would be building a foundation of truth. And I pray, Lord, that we would be prepared in these dark days to stand on that truth. And in a lost world that is walking towards death, that is perishing as they go, I pray that we would be prepared to speak that truth. Prepare us like that, Lord. Lord, I pray that today you would speak. I pray that you would lead, that you would direct, that you would convict. I pray we would be shaped. And I pray if there's any, maybe some, maybe many, that are in the hearing of this message today that do not know Jesus, I pray, Lord, that in the hearing of the gospel of Jesus Christ, today might be the day of their salvation. Remove any hindrance to that. Lord, we trust this to you. We lay it out before you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> today, my goal is not only to answer the question. Now, I can answer the question very quickly. My goal is not only to answer the question but that in doing so, we would build us a plan and a platform on which to stand. Be sure today, we need solid answers. Today, in the world we're living in, with all the things we're hearing, we need solid answers. And I want to tell you, putting our heads in the sand and acting like, well, this doesn't pertain to me at the moment, putting our heads in the sand is no longer going to work. We need solid answers, and we need a solid plan and a platform on which to operate. Well, with that in mind, I'm going to break our study into five points today. We're going to answer one question, but as we do that, trying to build a plan and a platform of the truth, we're going to look at it in five pieces in five points. Go with me this morning. The first point is this. The first point is this. Be very clear in this. What we believe matters. What we believe matters. Now, maybe you've watched this. It's developed, I think, over the last 20, 30, 40 years. Today, in the name of not offending anybody, in the name of not being found in conflict with anybody, trying to be tolerant of everybody, trying to be politically correct, trying not to have a conflict that would arise, it has become popular today to say or to think, well, what we believe doesn't matter. Well, what we believe doesn't matter. You can believe something, I can believe something. We might believe different things. What we believe doesn't matter. Well, that idea has moved over and it's actually taken root and taken hold in religious thought today. That idea, well, we'll just not uh, make any definitive statements. We'll not just say, well, this is the truth, and we'll avoid those subjects. We're doing that to avoid any conflict. That is taking root in religious thought today. Now, listen, today Christians would say, and churches will hold, and preachers will preach, 
as long as we believe in Jesus, what we believe after that doesn't matter. And it may be a messed up view of, de- of Jesus, may be a, a messed up perspective of Jesus, but they'll say, you know what? We believe in Jesus. Isn't that all that matters? They believe in Jesus. Isn't that all that matters? And they will say, as long as we believe in Jesus, what we believe about God's word, the Bible, doesn't matter. I've heard that. As long as we believe in Jesus, what we believe about creation doesn't matter. Or as long as we believe in Jesus, what we believe about the specifics of the gospel doesn't matter. And the message is, as long as we believe in Jesus, it doesn't matter. And trying to avoid trouble, trying to avoid conflict, that is the thought that is passing through our churches today. Friends, I want you to see this. Listen very carefully. Every word's going to matter. Belief in Jesus, listen to me, is all that matters. Listen to me. I said that. Belief in Jesus is all that matters. But what we believe about Jesus is decided by our belief in the account of Jesus, God's word. Now, I want to say that again, and I want you to hear that. Yes, belief in Jesus is all that matters, but what we believe about Jesus is decided by our belief and our trust in the account of Jesus, God's word. You see, those two things are inseparable. Statistics today and this is appalling, I I believe it's true, but it's appalling. Statistics today tell us as high, listen to this, as 80-something percent, 80-something percent of kids, youth, raised in Christian church-going homes. Now listen, this isn't folks that didn't grow up in church. 80% of our young people that grow up in Christian church-going homes The statistics say they will walk away from their faith in as short as five years after leaving our homes. That's the statistic. They grew up in church, they grew up in our homes, and they go somewhere else. They go to a university somewhere, they go somewhere else, and as short as five years later, they have walked away from their faith. They're not practicing their faith. They put no value in in their faith. People wonder why. And they say, well, there's too many distractions. Well, they wonder why. Well, they're just sowing their oats. That's what they do at that age, isn't it? That's what they say. People wonder why. Wonder why. I want to tell you why. Here's why. It is because they have no trust and no faith and no confidence in the word of God as truth. And let me tell you what that looks like. They leave our homes, and the world hits them with an avalanche, and I'm talking about it's every which way. There's an avalanche that hits them, and it says, this isn't smart. This isn't smart. This isn't logical. A Savior that dies for you, that that rises from the dead, this isn't logical. It says it's not defendable. You can't defend this. It doesn't match the science. Look at where the science doesn't match here. And instead of being equipped to stand, they walk away as silent skeptics. 
Well, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with the experts, can I? I can't argue with my professor, can I? I can't argue with science, can I? And they're not equipped to stand. And so they silently walk away as silent skeptics. Listen to me, those numbers are the, are the real numbers. That's the reality. Eight out of 10 of the kids that we're producing are walking away from their faith in Jesus Christ. Listen to me, brother and sister. What you believe matters. What we believe matters. Sometimes people will say, well, I just take it by faith. I just take it by faith. Now, what that generally means is they don't want to dig in. They don't want to search it out. They don't want to spend the effort. And so they just say, well, I hadn't really thought about that. I just take it by faith. Listen to me this morning. Yes, we take it on faith. Yes, be sure we are saved in faith but it's not an ignorant faith. It is not an uninformed faith. You see, today we no longer have that luxury. Here comes Satan, and he's got the lies of the world, and he says this isn't smart, this isn't, this isn't true, this is not logical. And listen, brother and sister, we, we are saved by faith, but it has to be an informed faith. What we believe matters. What we believe matters. Second thing is this. Now I want you to listen and I want you to be encouraged in this point. You can be confident. So sit up. You can lift your head up right here. You can be confident. Listen to this. <clears throat> Second point is this. <clears throat> Christianity is not anti-science and science is not anti-Christian. Now, I want you to hear that again. Christianity is not anti-science, and science is not anti-Christian. Now, that is the perception that is put out by the lost world. That's the lie they're telling us. Well, these two things are in conflict. These two things can't coexist. That is the false reality portrayed by an agenda-driven world. For some reason, I don't know what it is, we have allowed it. For some reason, we haven't pushed back against it. And so some guy comes and he's supposed to have a brilliant mind and he says this and he says, there is no God and he gives all the reasons why. And you know what? I don't feel equipped to talk to him or talk about these subjects. And for some reason, we just go silent and we have allowed it. Science. The word means knowledge. It is the process of learning about the natural world. You go look up the definition. Science is the process of learning about the natural world. It involves observing, measuring, testing, and evaluating. Simply, it is carefully considering the natural world. And it is not opposed to the biblical truth. And biblical truth is not opposed to it. In fact, I want to tell you this. Christians ought to love science. Christians ought to revel in science. Christians should show an interest in science. Why? Why should we? Listen, it's because interpreted without a bias, as we measure, as we evaluate, as we observe, we can be confident it points us to God. As we look at the natural world around us, listen, we don't have to back up. We can be sure it points us to the truth 
of God's word. Listen to me this morning. I, I, I need about four hours. We'll be out by three o'clock. I'm going to tell you some facts. I, I'm going to tell you some facts. You can go look them up. I encourage you to go look them up. But I want, I want to tell you some facts this morning. Listen to me very carefully. The fossil record does not support or confirm the theory of evolution. Did you hear what I just said? The fossil record doesn't support it. In fact, the fossil record discredits it. But I want to tell you the fossil record continually confirms the biblical account of creation and world history. Now, I want to tell you the scientists don't like that. Those that have an agenda, they don't like that. They can't stand that. But the fossil record, it doesn't clash with the biblical record. No, in matters such as a global flood, it confirms the biblical record. Not only that, listen, scientifically examining the human body, that doesn't negate or disparage the biblical account of creation. It actually confirms it. Let me give you a couple facts here. Did you know it wasn't until the last 200 to 150 years that people understood the importance of blood for life? People didn't understand. They misunderstood. In fact, we almost killed, or they, I think they did kill George Washington by draining out his blood. Till, till recently, we didn't understand the value of blood. And yet in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 14, 3,500 years ago, it says blood is the life of all flesh. Before any doctor ever said it, do you know it's not until the last 150 or 75 or maybe two years that doctors understood the ways that diseases are spread or transferred. Maybe we still don't understand that, Fauci. Did I say that? Did you know it's not until the last 150, 75 years that doctors understood how diseases are spread or transferred. Yet I want you to listen to this. 3,500 years ago, Leviticus chapter 14, God in his grace said, the unclean with sickness and disease shall dwell outside the camp. They shall dwell alone. Listen, people didn't come up with that. That's what God said 3,500 years ago. Listen, I could go on and on. Geology confirms the Bible. Astronomy confirms the Bible. Long before there was ever a telescope, Folks thought that, you know what, we'll count the stars. There's been three or four valiant attempts at counting the stars. Did you know Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 22 says, you cannot count the stars. Do you know what the latest scientists are saying? You cannot count the stars. Remember old Columbus? All those folks, we don't want to give him our money. He'll drop off the end of the world. He's going to go find something. He's not coming back. He's going to find the drop off is what he's going to find. Do you know the Bible says 2,700 years ago, the sphere of the earth, it is round, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22. Do you know that? Physics, the laws that govern us are in order. That's what physics teaches us. Listen, that's not built on science. That is science confirming the order of God, the laws of God. Be sure today. Christianity is not anti-science, and science 
is not anti-Christian. Listen, we do not have to concede that. Our young people, you don't have to concede that. It is reasonable to follow Jesus Christ. It is logical to trust his word. It is not ignorant to trust and put your faith in Jesus Christ. I was thinking about that. Those three men, Stephen Hawking, Richard Dawkins, Charles Darwin, they have rejected Christ. They have rejected Christ. They have scoffed at the word of God. These great minds, these guys that are famous for their intellect, they have considered it ignorance at the highest level to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Two of those men have now died. And you know, they now know the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. They now know it, man. They, they were acclaimed for their brain power. And I wonder what they did with the first instant they realized, I was wrong. I was wrong. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. All right, that brings us to the third point. Third point is this. Listen very carefully. God is the authority. God is the authority. Friends, understand today, this is the core of the issue. You want to know what the issue is? This is the core of the issue. Who is the authority? Who are we going to believe? That is the heart of the issue. Now, I want you to, I want you to be sure today, it takes many different shapes but there's really only two camps. Now, I want you to listen. It takes many different shapes, but there's really only two camps. Either God is the authority or the world is the authority. And those are the two camps. Either God is the authority or the world is the authority. I want you to be very sure today, as Christians, listen to me, we believe God is the sole authority. And in all matters, he is the authority. I want you to hear that. As followers of Jesus Christ, we need to be centered in this. We need to be sure of this. God is the sole authority in all matters. I don't care what the matter is. He is the authority. Now I want you to think about this. You go out in the public square and you ask, is there a God? World says, no. Is he responsible for creation? The world laughs and says, no. Is he the creator and the giver and the sustainer of life? They say, no. Is our purpose and our fulfillment found in him? The world offers us everything else and the world says no. Is the Bible true in our source of truth? The world scoffs at that. And the world says no. Listen to me, follower of Jesus Christ. We must be clear today. We must be confident today. In all things and in all matters, God is our authority. God is our authority. He's the creator. He is all-powerful. He is infinite in all things. He has all wisdom. He has no limitations. 
He is the one true God, eternal God. He has no start. He has no end. He is dependent on no one else. And listen to me, therefore, he is the authority. God is the authority. This is the core issue. It's why people hate him. It's why people reject his truth. This is the core issue. Who are we going to listen to? Who will we bend to? Listen to me. As Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, God is our authority. Practice saying that. Well, I don't know what to do in this area. God's our authority. I'll go search him out. Well, I don't know what I, I think about that. Listen, God is the authority. I'll go search him out. Well, the world has a preponderance, preponderance of evidence that's saying something else. I don't know what to do. Listen, God is the authority. Go search him out. God is the authority. <clears throat> that brings us to the next point. Fourth point is this. I'll just warn you. It's going to be hard, <laughs> and it's going to be tough, and it's going to require us to make hard decisions. And if we actually think about it and we actually put it into practice, it's going to require us to draw some lines today as we seek to live in the honor of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Fourth point is this. So, God is the authority. Point three, so where we take instruction from is no longer negotiable. Where we take, God is the authority, so where we take instruction from is no longer negotiable. Now let me explain that. If God is the authority, then we cannot be informed, we cannot be instructed by anyone or anything opposed to the authority of God. Now, I want you to hear what I just said. If God is the authority, then we as those that are trying to live in fidelity to him and his word, we cannot be instructed by, we cannot be informed by anyone or anything opposed to the authority of God. I want you to see what's happening here. We say Jesus is the answer. He is our savior. He's the only way. The only hope of sinners. The world says, well, where'd you get that from? And we say, well, we got it from our authority, God. It's revealed in his word, the authoritative word of God. And the world says, well, how was all of this created? The world says, where do we come from? Was it as your authority says? And we come along and we say, well, in those matters, it doesn't matter. That's what we say. Well, in those matters, it doesn't matter. And the world hears that, and evidently our own kids hear that, and they say, well, well, how can we trust in Jesus? How can we give any value to Jesus? How can we give any validity to Jesus if you can't trust your authority in all things? Do you see what's happening? We come along and say, there's a Savior. He died for sin. He's resurrected. He lives again. And we put our, our faith in that. We're saved by that. And the world says, well, what about creation? We say, well, it doesn't matter there. What about a global flood? Well, it doesn't matter there. What about these miracles that are unexplainable? Well, 
It doesn't matter there. Listen to me. Any teacher, any teaching, any system that does not agree with the truth of our authority, God, and his authoritative word, the Bible, cannot be our source of truth. Listen to me. We dare not lend them our ears and our minds or our hearts. You come along and say, well, this is 2023. That sounds illogical. That sounds dumb. That sounds superstitious. You come along and say, well, what about what the experts say? You come along and say, well, what about what the consensus is? You come along and say, what about what the world teaches is logical and rational? And I'll tell you, listen to me, friend, I don't care if it's not the truth. It's going to carry you to destruction. If it's not the truth, it's going to tear your life apart. If it's not the truth, it's going to tear your home apart. If it's not the truth, I don't care who brings it. It will take you to hell. Friends, the trouble of our age is we say God is true. His word is true. His word is trustworthy when it comes to Jesus, but we'll not listen to it when it comes to finances. God's word is true when it comes to Jesus, but we'll not listen to it when it comes to marriage. God's word is true when it comes to Jesus. We'll not listen to it when it comes to matters of science or sexuality or the entertainment that we look at or any other thing that we do not want to submit to Jesus Christ. God's word is true, except for this area that I want to keep back for myself. And the lost world sees that, and they know it is a lie, and it will not stand. Listen to me, friend. We take burning coals, and we heap them into our bosom when we embrace anything that is not God's truth. Psalm chapter 1, listen to this, six verses. Here's what God says. I wrote in my Bible, this is what God says. Here's what God says. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like shaft which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Friends, listen to me this morning. God is our authority. I want us to be clear today. I don't care how it's promoted. I don't care how it's packaged, how it's framed. I don't care how great the pressure is. I don't care how popular it is. Any teacher or any teaching opposed to the word of God, we have to be wise and we have to be deliberate and it cannot be our influence. 
Point four, where we take our instruction from is no longer negotiable. That brings us, we're about done, brings us to the fifth point, final point. The fifth point is this. Jesus is at stake. Jesus is at stake. What is this all about, really? What is this all about, really? What, what, what's going on here? Is it really about science? Is this really about science? Is it really about creation? Is that what this is about, a disagreement about creation? Is it really about where we take our instruction from? Are we going to have to argue those points? Is that really what it's about? I want you to be sure today, and I want you to be full. Listen to me. It is about Jesus. You want to know what this is about? It's about Jesus. You want to know why there's such division here? It's about Jesus. You want to know why the world hates it so bad? It's about Jesus. You see, Satan's plan and Satan's ploy, and therefore the world's as well, is to lead people away from Jesus, to come along and to discredit the gospel of Jesus, and to make silly and ignorant and dumb our hope that is placed in Jesus. And I want you to be sure what is at stake is not opposing ideas of creation. What is at stake, listen to me, it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is science opposed to the Bible? No, it confirms it. Is science at odds with the beliefs in our Bible? No, it points to them. I want you to listen very carefully. And I, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think about how to say this. I don't know how to say this heavily enough. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. <clears throat> Today, I can tell you, I believe in sure and settled confidence that Jesus is my Savior, my Lord, and my King. I can tell you today in sure and settled confidence that he has paid for my sin in his actual, physical, literal death on the cross of Calvary. And I can tell you in sure and settled confidence that I am afforded eternal life. And I am granted in his grace his righteousness to wear. And I have victory and peace by faith in him as he walked actually, literally, physically out of that tomb on Easter Sunday. And I want you to hear me. Listen to me. I want you to hear me as your pastor. I want you to hear me from this pulpit. I want you to be sure of this. The reason I have that sure and settled confidence is because my God is the authority. And this, his word, listen to me, it is correct and it is trustworthy and it is without error. And when he tells me in it, he is the creator. When he tells me in it, how he created. When he tells me in it, it was in six literal days. When he tells me in it, he spoke everything into creation. When he tells me in it, and the sun came 
came up and the sun went down one day. When he tells me in it that each kind is made after its kind. When he tells me in it there was no death for it was good. When he tells me in it I was made in his image. I want you to understand today I know it is true because he has not lied to me. Not in a single instance. Not in a single word. I know his word is true. And so the confidence I have in the beginning becomes the foundation for the confidence I have at the end. And by faith, that becomes my salvation. Listen to me today. His word is true. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. We don't have to tiptoe around. We don't have to take backseat to anybody. Listen to me. God's word is true, and it tells us Jesus is Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We can be confident in that. That's a lot of yelling. That's a lot of excitement to tell you this. If you're a sinner, you have a Savior. If you've sinned against Christ, you have the forgiveness of your sin. And no distance is too far. And no sin is too great. And if you have come to Christ today and you'll confess your sin, the same word that tells us about creation says he is faithful and just. He'll forgive you of your sin. He'll save you. He'll cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He'll give you his regal righteous robe to wear. And you shall be saved. That's the good news. God has not lied. Jesus is Lord. He's our Savior. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come and I praise you. And I thank you. I don't have any sense. You know that, Lord. I don't have an intellect anybody's going to write books about. You know that, Lord. But I know you. And I know your word is true. And I know every piece of it proves true continually. And I know you tell me in that I'm a sinner and I'm lost and I need a savior. And I know you tell me in it in your grace and your love for all people you sent that savior. Lord, I take you at your word. I confess you. I trust you. I believe in you. I believe, Lord, you've sealed me until the day of my redemption in your Holy Spirit. You've saved me and forgiven me. I know there's a future. Lord, I pray that we would have that confidence in this room. I pray that wouldn't be snatched away from us. Lord, I pray all for our young people. Praise the world's putting every kind of pressure on them. I pray this rings in their ears. They know your word is true. Lord, I, I pray for those that are lost outside of Christ. Maybe listening right now, Lord, I pray they would trust you. Your word is true and you're their savior. And grace will save them. Lord, we come and I'm thankful for a gracious, wise God who is true, who speaks truth, who gives it to us. Lord, I pray that this will bear much fruit. I pray that you'd be pleased and honored and known in the fruit that it does produce. We lay it out before you. We trust it to you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna close our service with a time of response, a time of invitation. And I want to tell you that the, the thing to decide is exactly what I said. Will you trust the world or will you trust Jesus? He loves you. He knows you. He sent you a Savior, Jesus. If you'll trust him today, he'll save you.
If you're here today and you've never made that decision, listen, in a moment we're going to stand to sing. You come and let's settle that today. You need more information, you come, let's settle that today. Maybe you're here and you've put your faith in Christ, but you've never followed in believer's baptism. The Bible tells it's always not part of our salvation. It's always a picture of it. And so you come and say, Lord, I've trusted Christ. Maybe today, maybe sometime further back, but I've never followed in believer's baptism. And I want that testimony to stand. I want people to see what I believe of Christ, that he died for sin, that he lives again who I am in him, that I've died with him. And I now live and walk in his power. You come, we'll set a day that'll be a great day of testimony, a great day of celebration. Maybe you're here looking for a church home and you've prayed about it, you believe God has led you here. I'm gonna tell you this, we're gonna stand on his truth, we're gonna preach it. We're gonna preach the hope of Jesus till he comes again. You come and together we'll serve for his glory. Maybe you wanna come, pray for your family. Maybe you wanna come, young person, pray for boldness. Maybe you want to come pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Maybe you're dealing with something completely different. God knows what that is. You come as well. We're going to stand and sing. So we stand and sing as God leads you. You come. You step out and you come on. I'll meet you here.